It's not a party, it's an intimate get-together. Don't call it that, it's just a get-together. Don't spill your drink, don't drop your food, don't make the music in the house go boom. Hey, don't use my mom's good scissors. Hi, welcome to Candice Party. It's not a podcast, it's an intimate get-together. Ryan, don't unscrew the cap on that microphone, please. You screwed it, Pat, because I figured you... I'm holding... (laughs) Ryan's holding a placebo microphone... It's not connected to anything. It's an intimate We have some issues with our with trying to incorporate a third microphone into our setup. So Molly and Ryan are just screaming at the same microphone. But Ryan never talks loud enough. He always talks like he's whispering into a mic. So he's holding an extra microphone to subconsciously make himself louder. I, Let us Dan, know if it works. As Danny pointed out before, it kind of makes me look like I'm interviewing the microphone we're actually using because I'm trying to make it so that way I lean into the microphone. Yeah. Because I feel like when you're when you're holding a microphone, you just feel the need to lean in and talk. Uh-huh. At any rate... Anyway, welcome. We, we already did a welcome. I was welcoming... I was welcoming... Oh, no. It finally happened. The heat stroke came and claimed Molly. He's just welcoming them again. Welcoming you once again to the Candace Party podcast... Where we, three adult siblings, are rewatching Phineas and Ferb in an attempt to prove two things. Number one, Phineas and Ferb is great, as if you needed any proof. And two, that Phineas and Ferb is great for everyone. Adults, children, people in the middle who don't like themselves. Other groups of people, the elderly, perhaps. Not judging. The point is, Phineas and Ferb is great for everyone who is alive or will ever be alive. Ryan is trying to mimic my hand motions. I just wonder who you're doing them for, because it's an audio podcast. For me, boy! For me! I conduct myself! He's like twirling his finger in the air. Not only am I twirling my finger, like like an old, I don't even know, a gentlemanly scholar making a point. I've never been able to talk without doing hands, and in order to get the energy up, I have to twirl my hands. Let him do his thing. Some people consider this an all right, quality. all right. I have a placebo microphone. You have your hand <laughs> motions. I'm not one to talk, I suppose. You don't want to know what Molly has to do to record a podcast. It's a dark ritual. At any rate, folks, that's fine for families, right? Well, the point is, Phineas and Ferb is for everyone, and that was for the older people who understand the nature of dark podcasting rituals. <laughs> yeah, like what? I don't know. The point is, the point is, this week we have. I don't know why I said this week, but this here episode, we have two berries. (laughs) Shut up, Handman. Handman? I will take none of this. All right. Mr. Handman, bring me a dream. I'm doing excessive hand motions like I'm conducting us both. Um, We... I know you were going to say something, but I had to say something first. That we're also trying to determine what is the best episode of Phineas and Ferb. Through science. Through a bracket that we are making. A scientific bracket. And, uh, we started making the bracket, yeah. No, Ryan, you can't make the bracket so you go through them all. Because you, you have to the give them places. You break the bracket, baby. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's a casual interview with the microphone now. <laughs> You're sort of letting your collar down. Ryan put his arm around me and now I'm like so it's not around uncomfortable. You. It's just around your chair. Because it's hard when our shoulders are clashing every time we have to talk. <laughs> Ryan has got Molly, really bony shoulders. If you, This is also for adults. You remember uh, when he was singing Once in a Lifetime and David Byrne from The Talking Heads had that really big wide suit? If you were a kid, you remember when like Kermit Pinhead the Frog Pierre. did that? Well, like Pinhead Pierre. He has the smallest head of which I'm aware. Anyway, they both have very bony shoulders that kind of stick out at each other. The point is... <laughs> is 
we're creating a bracket. We're finding out the best of Phineas and Ferb, the best song, the best episode, the best lines, etc., etc. We are going to scientifically determine the best Phineas and Ferb, but all of that is in the future. What is happening right now is the opening segment of our podcast. Ryan is sort of making a <laughs> noise in Molly's I'm ear. I'm just making various noises in Molly. You should try to make her laugh, but it's not working. <laughs> That's my pigeon noise. The point is, we'll get to the pigeons later. The point is, we're, we're, what we're doing now is the opening segment of the episode, which is where I ask Molly and Ryan one adult Phineas and Ferb question. I forgot we did this. Here's my uh, sort of adult Phineas and Ferb question for the week. What do we think is, is per- <laughs> I wish you wouldn't do physical bits that are just to try to make me laugh. And this podcast <laughs> audience will never understand. It'd take too long to explain. The point is... Which, wh- what do you think, realistically, is the worst, <laughs> the worst result of what Phineas and Ferb have done within the universe? Not like, what is the worst possible scenario? You know what I mean? Like, of the things we have seen occur in Phineas and Ferb, what do you think is the worst result we have not seen? So, People like, have died. what? Wait, what? Ryan so seemed co- to get it so <laughs> clearly, and you have so much trouble. Jesus God. Stop bringing the Lord's name into this. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait I... They, like, people... Okay. Wait, I... Still don't okay, understand. here's how it works, okay, Molly. stop yelling at me. Jeez. When you watch it... Again, with the G's, I'm going to need to ask you to stop. We have a lot of religious listeners. The VeggieTales audience, they're flocking to Phineas and Ferb right now. That doesn't make any sense. Just let me say G's. Do you think that God exists within the world of Phineas and Ferb? That's next week's adult question. Oh, my God. The point is... I'm, I'm uh, so... My anxiety just went through the roof from you yelling at me. anxiety whenever you're near. High anxiety, it's you that I fear. The point is, Molly... Okay, say the question again. This, the question again is, what do you think is the worst unintended consequence of the things Phineas and Ferb have done? Not the worst possible consequence. Say Phineas and Ferb could build a nuclear reactor. Oh, because based so on something they've built. Based okay. on the canonical events of the TV show, what do you think is the worst thing that's See, happened? I got confused I would like to buzz in because again. you said... Well, with the whole like not something that could happen. Yeah. But then it's like we never see any of these things happen. So right. I got confused. I got it now though. Go ahead, buzz. Ryan in. seems to have it. Okay. There's no people have died. Yes. Like <laughs> there's a strong opening statement. <laughs> Listen, with the things they've done, the amount of damage they have caused. Yeah. People dropping are, a roller coaster. People are perishing seat. around <laughs> us and no one is doing anything about it. Perishing the platforms. Your timing is impeccable. And by impeccable, I mean completely impeccable. But yeah, like, just the amount of destructions that their their daily events have caused, there's yeah. no way people have not died. I think dropping the roller coaster is a great example of something that just had to have killed someone. Like, it had to, because if you drop that much steel into a city block, which they're dropping it in the middle of the city, because when it lands, Phineas and Ferb go off into a construction site. So that means part of the roller coaster, at least, is landing in a city. And spoiler alert for um, uh, Milo Murphy's Law, the great follow-up show to Phineas and Ferb. Spoiler alert for that show. We see a bit of debris land in Melissa's yard. So we know that this is a real physical roller coaster landing in the middle of Danville in Jefferson County. And it, it's, prob- it's probably going to kill somebody. Like, just probably. But, Molly, what, what do you think is the worst off-screen result? Well, it's hard, because I don't think I could top people dying as the worst. I think I've got, I think I've but got something. But I, a part of me is just curious. I couldn't say this is the worst, but what happened to everyone that mingled on the mix and mingle machine? Right. Like, 
I'm wondering, like, that rooster was really creepy, and he was, he following. was following that man, now, and I'm wondering if he ended up being continually stalked by that rooster. Anyone who doesn't remember, there's the song in the show, Mix and Mingle Machine, Phineas and Ferb build a mix and mingle machine, so you meet people off the street, so you have to make sure that your underwear is clean. In the lyrics of this song, a man appears among the crowd of random people being introduced and says, I'm being followed by a rooster, and the next person in the machine is a rooster who goes, yeah, I'm following him. I happen to think it's always been my interpretation of, of this artistic masterpiece. It's always been my interpretation that he got on having already been followed by the rooster. Kind of like how in an action movie, someone will run into a building and they're like, a guy's following me. So they like hide in a crowd of people. I think this man was running from a rooster that was already unrelated, stalking him. Well, yeah, I think that's probably the implication. Yeah. I just think that now in the mix and mingle machine, they were forced to be together and mingle maybe and they fell in love and sort of now the man and the rooster are like best, like oh best that would be a good a good consequence yeah. i just thought now he might have the opportunity to kind of get him i don't think a man falling in love with a rooster is ever a good thing <laughs> i just thrown that hot take yeah. out there because it can only end in heartbreak for both of them no. we've Not seen chicken lie yes. i zoned out for a little bit that's okay the, the my placebo microphone smelled a little bit weird so i, well, I was giving it a sniff like you do yeah. and i zoned back into i don't think falling in love with a rooster is ever okay <laughs> oh well unless it's the like the looney Tunes show where daffy duck and foghorn leghorn have a pretty good bromance going on that seems to work out for them oh my God. um when they get lost in like in the north pole in the yes. north pole I and always knew we'd make it, except that time I laid down in the snow to that die. That is another show. That is for everyone. Ryan, let's start our competing podcast where we talk about the Looney Tunes show. Yes. That show's way more for adults than kids. Mm. That 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 particular Looney Tunes show? Well, wow. like, I'll get my own microphone. You're not doing one. the baby Looney Tunes episode that you want to do already. Okay, that's the, I'll, I'll take that if I get my own microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Molly's not invited You'll all to that see. I'll turn a podcast by myself. I'll have all of the microphones. It's called Ryan is on eight microphones. It's called Ryan in surround sound. It's like a Dolby digital wall of mm -hmm. sound, but it's just all your voice. Oh, uh, yes. You I love it. You run back and forth down the line of microphones like plankton blowing on the harmonica so that <laughs> when people listen, it sounds like you're running around them in a circle and you're just going like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And it's like, oh, it's a nightmare to listen to. Uh, I think the worst unintended consequence of the Phineas and Ferb antics has to be on Doofenshmirtz's end. And that's here's a. why. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Yes. You said Phineas and Ferb. Mm -hmm. Well, just the events of the show. Oh, see, I oh. thought you meant specifically Phineas and yeah. Ferb. Because well, my follow-up yes. question that's to you was going to be, who do you think's done more destruction? Well, people have definitely died with this. Molly and I were watching, I forget what we were yeah. watching the other day, but we were like, that killed someone. Yeah, like, oh, I think it was like the building was exploding or Yes, something? there is one where yes. his, his building... His building explodes a lot. And in Milo Murphy's Law, it collapses into the ground into a pile of dust. So, and we know he has neighbors. I would assume that Doofenshmirtz's inventions, which tend to fire randomly into the city. Now, thankfully, a lot of the times they happen to hit exactly where Phineas and Ferb are, right? They happen to just shoot directly at the boy's backyard. But I think that one of those lasers, just one of them, let's say uh, the machine that makes it so that there's eight of whatever it hits, that did some damage. Let's just look. That one in particular, I don't know why that one stands out to me. Maybe it's because we know that it created a whole monkey basketball team. But the laser, the mul the multiplicate-inator, whatever it's called. Five of them are going to have to sit on the bench. Now, now. five of them are going to have to sit on the bench, Ryan. So that machine in particular, it's like, first of all, what if it hits a child? And now there's eight of that child. That's our whole reality show. We have eight identical octuplets that these this family has to raise now. They're already alive. They have to deal with it. 
if there's if there's one car in someone's garage and all of a sudden there's eight and there's physically not enough space for the cars, what does that do? Do the cars all stack on top of each other? Do they generate in a line shooting out the garage? Can things that are multiplied by this machine sort of be in the middle of other objects? Let's take that example of a car sitting in a garage. Doofenshmirtz is a machine that makes it so that there's eight of whatever it hits. When he shoots a car in a garage... Do the cars generate randomly next to each other so that some of them are halfway into the walls of the garage? Or do they all stack on top of each other? Do they go out of the garage in a line? Can they not be physically touching another object? How does this work? Where does the matter come from? Because as we know, matter cannot be created or destroyed. So if Doofenshmirtz is somehow creating eight of everything that this laser touches, that means that it is drawing matter from elsewhere in the universe to create this thing. Let's not forget that Doofenshmirtz once transported himself in a monster truck into the the crib of a baby monster is this monster dimension where the molecules for the extra seven of the object are coming from what is wrong with dr heinz doofenshmirtz wow that he is killing so many people helmet helmet another helmet what happened here doof i'll tell you what happened here you're a murderer Phineas and Purpose for adults, I yield, my, I yield my time. My God, you put some thought into that. I put a lot of thought in everything, especially considering that I asked that question without really that thinking about like it beforehand. a five-minute thing. I do a filibuster every episode. I don't episode. know if that's true, but last time I looked at the the, the little clock, it said ten minutes. <laughs> well, No, that I, was not five minutes. I gotta be honest with you. Um, I, I'm thinking of renaming. I'm doing my own podcast, kind uh-huh. of called Phineas and Filibuster, oh. where I do a one-man filibuster about every episode of Phineas and Ferb. That... And at the end, I always go, I yield my time, as if I ever had a time limit. <laughs> as or... if you ever had any time left. As <laughs> if I had any time that I hadn't used. So um, with all that being said, and having once again conclusively proven that Phineas and Ferb is for big boys, uh, we move on to today's episode, comprised, of course, of two 11-minute segments, as all Phineas and Ferb episodes are, in production order. Episode four. Which is correct on Disney Plus now. Finally. Um, we, we assume. And I also, I would like to share, for those who don't know, that the extended version of the Christmas special is on there now. And that's the better version because my fav- one of my favorite songs is in that one. And I'm really glad that the world can hear it. Uh, which I'm really song glad that the cut? world can hear it. Uh, where did we go wrong? Or whatever that's table. called. I don't know the name. I should know the name. Um, yeah, it's the one where they. they where sing. did we go wrong? Yeah, it's the how could Please we tell be so naughty? Me. Yeah. yeah, it's the one where they're singing about being naughty. So when do you know why that's nice. my favorite? Is it's why? because of the way Phineas says nice. I don't know why. It makes me so happy every time. Congrats, okay. Vincent Martellus. But speaking yeah. of songs, we have an amazing announcement that I'm really excited about. Oh, boy. So. I don't even know how to break this news to the public. I think I need more microphones, like I'm in a press release. Right, I have my placebo microphone back. So, the great Laura Dickinson has followed us on Twitter, and she's liked our, currently our only tweet. (laughs) Um, If you don't know who that is, she is an amazing, very talented um, singer and um, vocal contractor that you know from songs such as Swinter. Um, she's in the Perry the Platypus theme. She does the background vocals for that. Um, she's the singing voice of Stacy. She's the singing voice of Stacy. She sings Little Brothers, one of the most iconic and tear-jerking songs of the century. Um, but we're, yeah, we're really excited about. I've her also really us. gotten into her holiday album as well as her um, album that she didn't. <laughs> to, uh, I don't know what word I'm trying to say. Designated, dedicated. 
dedicated um, to Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I. You played me, her voice is beautiful. You played me I mean, some know of her this, music but... on the Spotify, which yeah. you kids use, and um, it's great. I'm it, a big fan. No, like genuinely, you should all give it a listen. And uh, if 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 she's listening, hi, hi, hi Laura, Thanks I'm in love with follow. you. <laughs> yes, Ryan's in love with you. And y'all should follow her and listen to her music. Yes, listen to Grammy Award-winning musician. Yeah. Four-time Grammy Award-winning. Four-time. Three-time Emmy winner. Who did I just find out had four Grammys? She's halfway to an EGOT. Let's get her all yeah. the way there. Uh, hashtag That EGOT? is my mission. Yes. Hashtag, hashtag EGOT Laura for Dickinson Laura. EGOT. Hashtag, oh, yes. Yeah, hashtag EGOT for Laura. I like that. EGOT for Laura. EGOT for Laura. Because in case, you know, like, but listen. Let's also get an EGOT for Laura Dern. Let's <laughs> dual hashtag Laura, Laura yes. Dern and Laura Dickinson. Both LD. of them can share. Laura they can share D. monogram towels. They could. Perfect. Oh my god, they could start a sitcom together. <laughs> Laura and Laura. Yeah. Two Lauras is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Um. All right. I'm going to do the rest of the episode talking like this. No, you are not. Thursday nights on CBS. A boy interviews another microphone with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe the feedback critics are saying. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. That was, uh, that was really good. That was good. One last thing before we finally get to the stupid cartoon we came here to talk about. I would love to turn on a fan. It is so sweaty where we're recording this. But if we turn on that fan, it's going to be so loud in the background, and we don't want to do that to you people. But hoy, hoy, it's hot. Okay. <laughs> Episode four. That's what you had That's to say. That's what you paused. I gotta let them know. I gotta tell the people. I gotta let I the boys know. they could see your face. Oh, I wish they could see your face. <laughs> the way you look at me. <laughs> Disgusted. Epis- I gotta recognize your own brother. So episode, episode four. four. Let's slip the dogs of war. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's very hot in here. It's so it's very not. It is so hot. I am cold. <laughs> All right. Episode All right. four. Episode four. <laughs> flop. Uh, are you my are mummy? Are you my mummy? Slash flop stars. stars. That we did in unison. Are you my mummy? Slash flop stars. Slash flop stars. Let's start Here with we go. Are you my mummy? Yeah, because it's the first That's one. Who wants we to do the to recap? Do. Ryan, you're gonna do the recap. No. <laughs> See, okay. So if you are a longtime fan of the show in our past four episodes, you know that I've gone through past a few. Pa- I've got. I've gone through a few notebooks trying to keep notes for our show, and I don't. This time I kept the notebook, but I only have one note, and it says that there's the song "My Undead Mummy and Me," and that Phineas and Ferb are literally geniuses, but still believe that a mummy could exist and be alive. That's all I have. And as far as my recollection of the episode goes, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not that great. And why would you put me on the spot like that, Daddy? One of us has to be on the spot. How about the one... I, don't, I didn't remember what happened. Like, <laughs> like You remember that there's like a mummy? 30 minutes ago, I had to rewatch said, part of the episode. You could have just said, this episode's plot, uh, there's a mummy. So we, we watched this episode a while ago when we took these notes. Do you need so, me to give you... Uh, Ryan's just having no, a, the it. tough I'll time. I'll do it. Molly, it's okay? I just okay? don't like that being don't make the ex- spot. Nope. I just, okay. I just okay. wasn't expecting right. you. Right. You knew that I didn't know what happened. You knew I didn't remember. You knew I didn't have and me know. And no more excuses for the boy. Here we go. Here go. The plot. Uh, okay. Lawrence takes Candace, Phineas, and Ferb, his, his... And Perry. And Perry. 
They Mom go is to very watch hung a- up on the fact that they just bring Barry to the movie theater. They go to watch a classic mummy movie at this big old-fashioned theater in town. Lawrence falls asleep. Phineas and Ferb decide that they want to find a real mummy, so they wander down into the basement of this movie theater where they discover a bunch of old-fashioned props and standees that to them resemble an ancient Egyptian temple. Uh, Candace, in an effort to stop them, ends up with a mouthful of stale gum wrapped up in toilet paper, thus appearing as if she is an undead mummy. Phineas and Ferb accidentally seal her in a display uh, sarcophagus and ride her down sort of a log flume rush of water, which is caused by Dr. Doofenshmirtz, who has sealed Perry in a bubble, which is made of pure evil and a blend of space-age polymers. Doofenshmirtz wants to flood Danville so that his beachfront property... well so that his property will become beachfront property uh, after this tidal wave that he's going to sink the town with. That's it. That's pretty much all you need to know. Doofenshmirtz, spoiler alert, does not succeed in his evil plan. We do, however, learn that Doofenshmirtz is incredible at hand lettering. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ryan, you do calligraphy. Talk a little bit about this. He... Skill. A the, new light came into your eyes that had not been. Well, because I completely forgot about his deft in the skill of lettering. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got a big machine and he's writing the name on. Just the with a paintbrush, freehand, not one stencil in within the mile. <laughs> this man, yes, he is an evil genius, but he's also an artistic genius, as we see later in the TV show with his masterpiece. But that sounded weird. But it's. I don't even know. Why you wanted me to talk about this? Well, just because you do calligraphy and you it would appreciate impressive. how hard it is. It's just it's the ease at, with which yeah. he does it as well. It's like those Instagram videos that are like oddly satisfying, and then it's just like a guy and he just like does the letters by hand, and you're like, the wow. Lettuce? I don't know why I'm talking like my guy is the cat in the hat. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, I'd like to start by just saying one of the greatest lines how happy in TV history. <laughs> One of the greatest lines in TV history. T- TV history has to be, well, beat me with a chicken. I, yeah. th- what a great, great line. Yeah. And then he proceeds to beat him with a chicken. Oh, absolutely. This is in the fake in the sort of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein-esque mummy movie right. that uh, Lawrence has come to watch. I just love the idea that we have themed theaters. Like, this yeah. is something that I think is missing from real life. And maybe this used to be a thing. There I don't know. There is a theater like, called The Egyptian. I know we get, like, oh, there is. Yeah, Netflix. I believe Netflix bought the theater. Do they have, a, like, Egypt props? I mean, it was at a time it was themed to look like an oh, Egyptian okay. palace. In the 1930s, you look at pictures. It, it was this grand old movie palace. That's why they used to call them movie palaces, because mm-hmm. they looked so beautiful and regal. And um, they obviously don't have those anymore. Nowadays, a movie theater kind of looks like your living room. Um, well, yeah, like I love like we get the cardboard cutout sometimes. Which people like to take pictures with and stuff. That I like to when steal. you go to. Yeah, I love taking a good cardboard cutout. Oh, we had a little pup version of Scooby-Doo in the lobby of the theater where I worked right before the theater closed for the pandemic. And I wanted to I wanted to steal that Scooby-Doo so bad, but kids were just licking that thing. And yeah. as the news of the virus came to us, I was like, I don't want that anymore. Nah. <laughs> no, I swear to God, kids would lick that thing. All right. this is I like this episode quite a lot, and I love the song, My Undead Mummy and uh. Me. It sounds very much like um, his name is Harry Nielsen. He, he was a songwriter. He did the, people let me tell you about my best friend, which is to me kind of what this song is. is it seems like yeah. it's based on. Yeah, it sounds very similar. And he also wrote all the songs in the musical version of Popeye with Robin Williams, and all his oh songs sound the same. So, like... 
in that movie, there's like the bad guy song, which is Bluto, the big mean guy. And his song is just, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know what I mean, I mean, I mean. And then Popeye, the good guy's song is, I am what I am, what I am, what I am, what I am. And that's all that I am. But like, these are the songs that make you just want to take out your cane and your top hat. And they do. And they do. And they do. And those are the best. Didn't we hear something recently that we thought sounded like Undead Mummy? I don't know. Did we? <laughs> Ryan is using his fake prop I'm, microphone. I'm using my prop microphone to be a reporter. Yeah. Not that and he's can using see that, his though. prop plane to dust some crops. All right. So, there's something that I just... All right. That plane? <laughs> oh, no. Run, Cary Grant. The plane. See? For old people. North by Northwest. Movie nobody ever <laughs> I'm slurring my words, but I'm perfectly fine. All right. So what I was just going to say is that, I mean, we mentioned this a lot, but the lyrics of My Undead Mummy and Me and a lot of the other songs mm. are Phineas and Ferb, they're obviously not for children because they're just not going to know a lot of these sophisticated words. The funky Egyptian MC. Yeah. Conniption. Like, conniption. Yes. And I, I, I just not that we want to assume children's intelligence. Like, no. Danny I mean, Danny definitely like, knew yeah. what those words meant. I as was a, child, a weird kid, but Ryan and I definitely did. No, but the reason I knew a bunch of weird old timey words, including the word conniption, not even joking, is because I used to read old Spider Man comics. That was like how I learned to read. Our mom gave me Spider Man comics, and the old Spider Man comics from the sixties. She were, never did that for us. She and didn't. I find it very interesting that she favored you and did that for you. And mother now, always liked me best. Yeah. But Mom, dear, what the heck? Look, dear, more monkey. I don't want any part of this. I learned how to read just fine. It's yeah. not you, I mean, I, mean I learned how to read just fine as well. The point <laughs> is, I used to read old Spider-Man comics, and Stan Lee was a weird guy and would write these weird old-timey jokes, and that's why I knew what a bunch of old-fashioned words were, because he was a guy who liked saying Excelsior all the time, and eventually you find out what they mean. Um, so I, I love when stuff for kids throws in words that they won't understand or things, because yeah. it makes them go and ask their parents what it means. Assuming those words they don't understand are like not curses or, or dirty things, and then they go to their parents and ask, and then their parents wash their mouth out with soap. It's hilarious. The point is, great song, great song, great one, song. As always, great lyrics and uh, a really nice. Sort I think of absolutely a contender for one of the best songs, of especially of one? this season. Yeah, absolutely. Oh uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the easiest to sing of season one because it just kind of rolls off your tongue and it's, it's pleasant. It's just so soothing. It, yeah. There's a specific kind of lyric. It's like how Stephen Sondheim writes his lyrics. Like they're just very, they roll off your mm. tongue and they kind of stick with you because the words are specially crafted. And uh, I really appreciate that about this song. Anything else about um, mummies and 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 things? Yeah, we've got a whole page of notes on the episode. Well, you have a whole page of notes ryan has one note and it says mummy it says undead mummy and me and that they're geniuses <laughs> but they're still gonna believe that a mummy because they have uh, childlike so one so this is what i wrote for this episode is that i do feel like this is an episode where phineas and ferb are just acting like little kids like there is no grand invention they make they yeah. they don't really do anything in this one Which they're I just love. at the movies and i love that i love getting to see them just act like little kids um there's so many great bits in this episode. A lot of good visual bits from Candace looking at the camera to the fact that this gumball. So this gumball is chasing Candace, like rolling behind her. The top of a gumball machine, not a, just a small as gumball. like a boulder would, you yeah. know, yeah. in a la Indiana Jones, exactly. A la Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the greatest bits, and this is a bit that we will see again and again and again in Phineas and Ferb, is that the gumball rolls into the elevator. Rides down the elevator and then comes out and starts chasing Candace again. Yes. Something that would obviously never happen in real life. But 
while the gumball is in the elevator, mm, yeah. we hear the elevator version of I'm Lindana and I want to have fun, which is interesting to me because we don't hear that until the next episode for the first yeah, time, right. Lindana's music. That whole bit wasn't made yet. Well, actually, assuming that these episodes, you'd probably assume that all the background scoring would be written after the fact. Like, you know, you usually score a movie or a TV show, you score that to picture. Whereas a musical number, like a song, you have to write ahead of time so that you can animate the lip flap along with the actual singing. So they would have had to write that song before the animation was ever even started. And so they probably had the the elevator music version because they need that for a specific joke in the next episode they probably wrote that and just went okay we'll use it here well that's what I think is yeah. funny though is that they I get why they would have it well, but yes. us as the audience the probably the first time you're seeing that yeah. you don't get I, it I think it's for the crazy people like us that just want to rewatch for the, the crazy show. people or it was to save five minutes writing elevator music well, right. either way it makes it more rewarding to watch and it creates a rich universe a texture to the world of Phineas and Ferb mm-hmm. yes I agree I also agree with me <laughs> I think I'm making a great point. I think you're doing an excellent job. And might I say, I'm doing pretty well. You're doing pretty great. I'm doing okay Molly's with my unconnected microphone. She might need another microphone. Get a, get Molly, a fourth one. Would you like here. a prop microphone? I'll go I, get you I, one. I don't need a prop microphone. Thank I'll you. I'll sure. this lighter. I'm good. <laughs> I have a barbecue lighter next to me because I have some candles here that I like to, to spark up to relax me. Some of my candles. These are. Uh, this one smells like the Pirates of the Caribbean water, the bromine that they use to clean the water, and that one is supposed to just smell like animation. I don't know what that means. It smells mm, like raspberries yes. to me. Animation where have, raspberries. Where have all the raspberry Those women ones. gone? Anyone know? Sick Prince joke <laughs> for the adults. Uh, for the adults. Um. Do you have notes in this episode, Danny? Or no? I have mental notes that I take and never forget. Much is like there the mighty any elephant. You'd like to share? Certainly. Um. I'm scared of mice, and peanuts taste good. Also, my mama left me at the circus. Elephant notes. Go ahead. No. Point is, um, my notes, uh, not much to talk about. I like this episode. I think it's a good episode. I like that, that, you know, it's a fun, simple adventure. And it's a great example early on of a different kind of adventure Phineas and Ferb can have. Because so far, all they have done is build things. Mm -hmm. And I like that this showcases sort of that sort of B story in Phineas and Ferb. That kind of other type of adventure they go on which is something like the episode where they go to the mall and they're all looking for pizzazium infinite Phineas and ferb don't build anything in that episode candace isn't trying to bust anyone in that episode it's more just a matter of ferb going on a little adventure with vanessa while phineas sits in a massage chair in that episode here we are seeing them just you know have a fun kind of adventure and it's a great example of how the show is more than the formula that it, it is defined by they can do other sorts of things which is why when it comes to something like the movie the first movie, Phineas and Ferb Across the Second Dimension. Of course, the second film hasn't been released yet. Um, it's coming very soon. Do a streaming mm-hmm. service near you. Very soon. Very soon. Very soon. Very soon. It's almost here. On my way. <laughs> oh, no, it's the, the movie. Hi, movie. Oh, how you doing? No. Hey, Candace Against the Universe, how you getting here? Oh, the road. I'm sorry, that was a dumb question. You told me you were in a car. I'm in the car. <laughs> Thanks. Coming August. Something. 27? You'll get here when you get here. The GPS is rerouting. I'll tell you later. Okay, so <laughs> then we Thanks have... Thanks the second Phineas and Ferb movie for calling in. We take uh, calls. We do so, take calls. Please and we'll take call your calls. 
At any rate, uh, um, those are the only notes I really have about the episode. It's a good one. Okay, and we don't have to one. talk about it forever. It's a pretty chill one. Oh, jeez. I've, I've got some notes I want to share. Um, which Danny hates my notes, but I, I don't I don't hate care. your notes. I love I you and I love your notes. Um, <laughs> I think it's hysterical that Lawrence is very excited to take them to this movie. And then he immediately falls asleep and is snoring through the film. Very real dad behavior. Very. Um, so this is the first episode that we see where Candace is not trying to call mom. We don't see mom. And I think that's incredibly rare. She does try to call Lawrence, whose phone is on vibrate. Um, good movie theater etiquette. Yes, very good. Although we prefer silent. We prefer silent. silent. But vibrate, but, better than nothing. And if you have kids with you, you should probably be keeping track of them. Yeah, that'd what be a good idea. a responsible father, though? Mm-hmm. They're sort of wandering around. They could die. Especially Candace, who has a mouthful of stale gum, mm-hmm. is wrapped up, can't move her limbs properly, and is stuck in a confined box, rushing down a stream of water. I mean, this could be well, the end of Candace. If I had a penny for every time I was in that exact situation. Mm, I had a penny in my pocket. Um, and in a little time, that penny in my pocket grew into a dime. I would like to point out a favorite visual gag that I have, which is Doofenshmirtz ripping his clothes off, just ripping them off. And he's underneath the clothes. He was wearing his pool floaties, which I think is hysterical. And then just immediately he's able to pull the clothes back on, like in one fluid coat type motion. That's all good cartoons. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that when we see Perry this time, I really want to know... The internal thoughts of Perry, like because like a Garfield comic, like trip. a Garfield comic, because the garbage that this guy puts up with between Doof being ridiculous and really everyone he works with is kind of stupid or at least incompetent. And I just love how absolutely bored he looks while Major Monogram is talking to him do- in this episode. Isn't there one where he's doodling a little picture I think instead that of writing notes? might be the next one. That might be the next He's There's one where Major Monogram is giving him the information, and Perry is just doodling a little drawing on his notepad. Of Major Monogram. It's yeah. great. And it's a good portrait. It is. Perry should do caricatures. Carl, yeah. you said you could draw. <laughs> um, and oh, But what I hate about Perry in this episode is that he's driving his car... And it is just dragging along the ground. Oh. And it makes this horrific sound that I don't know why they put me through the torture of having yeah. that on here. Um, let's um. see. I think that's just about... I mean, I can't read what a lot of my notes say because mm. I have really bad handwriting. Well, you are a doctor. Um, but I do think it's very cute. Perry forms this little alliance with the beavers to help him defeat Doofenshmirtz. They have the same tail and they like do a little handshake with the tail. Yeah, a, tail shake. a little tail flap where they like pat it. That I thought it's so cute. Cutest little bit I've ever it's seen. It's really more of a high five than a handshake, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. A little bit of a high tail. One of the, the really great things that we get to see in this one um, has to do with noses. Um, we get to see that Doof's nose is truly so pointy that he's able to uh, make a nice bubble pop with it. And, uh, nice bubble? Nice okay. bubble pop. And uh, Why don't you marry a nice bubble? A doctor. On the bad side of noses, um, we see Phineas's nose get bent in this one, and it's oh one of the gosh. creepiest things I've ever it seen. It is actually terrifying. Phineas's nose is not meant to get bent. Um, it's, Considering it's, really it's his head. Yeah. Um, and I just love, uh, last of my notes, is that I love the um, bits of, can- like, Danny, can you explain the bit? better than I can about the ride photos. Oh, there's a part where they're riding down the sarcophagus, which contains Candace. I couldn't say um, that word. That's what I asked him to say. Oh, you really have trouble with sarcophagus? Mm-hmm. Well, I stumbled over it earlier, I think. But um, 
at any rate, there's a part where they're riding the sarcophagus, which contains Candace down a flume, a la the, well, I guess soon it'll be the Princess and the Frog ride at Disney World. Um, they're riding down this sarcophagus log flume, and there's sort of snapshots as if they were on a, a ride at a theme park with a nice little themed Egyptian border around the photos. It's cute. I'd ride it. I think that should be a ride at Disney. That's a good Phineas and Ferb ride we could get. If we're not going to get the roller coaster, because I get that, like, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's physically impossible. Um, well, it killed could, a lot of people. Yes, it did kill a lot of people. But I feel like we could sort of create the roller coaster, perhaps not through a motion simulator, but through a roller coaster, much like what they're talking about with the new Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster, which is going to have, like, certain video elements and animatronics and things. I feel like with that, you could create yeah. the experience of what it would be like to be on the Phineas and Ferb coaster. Yeah, I think it definitely could be done. I just sometimes, you know how they are with like exact replica type thingy. Like they, they randomly will make conclusions about what is like un- not possible in the parks, I feel like. Well, for some reason, I feel like cookie, Phineas right? and Ferb, first of all, should have had a ride a long time ago. Absolutely. Second of all, I think they're realizing now that it has the staying power because they're giving it a whole new movie on Disney+. Plus. Right. And I think once they see the viewing figures for that movie, they're going to realize like, oh, Phineas and Ferb. I saw a great tweet the other day, and I apologize for not crediting the author of this tweet right now. But it was a great tweet. It was like, Phineas and Ferb was just as influential as SpongeBob. The difference is they just knew when to stop, which I think is very true. Oh, yes. yes. I think just as many people of our age group would say that Phineas and Ferb, they could probably remember just as much about Phineas and Ferb. The letters A G L E T without someone else in the room yelling, Aglet! How often do you spell Aglet out loud? <laughs> I feel like it would happen the other day. Well, they, yeah. You do like the song, like yeah. A G L E T. Well, how many people? I think most, ki- most people our age, I was about to say most kids, but we're getting pretty old, guys. I think most people our age, we're almost people. Um, I think that most people our age like know what an aglet is because of Phineas and Ferb. Definitely only know only it because Not of that. because of that Jimmy Neutron episode where um, Beautiful Gorgeous convinces Jet Fusion that she always wanted to put aglets on shoelaces because I don't think they explain I what an aglet is. I don't remember that at all. Oh, well, I like Me Jimmy either. Neutron a lot more than the, a regular person. Um, I was a sad kid. I loved doughy looking CGI kids. I don't think it's so as... Doughy so doughy quotable oh. to the general public as spongebob because of the sophistication of the jokes you know like well that's part of what we're gonna do here with our favorite right. quotes also phineas and ferb i'll say it right now i feel like i see a lot of spongebob memes mm-hmm. i feel like i see even more phineas and ferb memes and i'll say it right now the the beauty of spongebob is that nickelodeon is now merchandising because mm-hmm. spongebob is is has reached its 21st anniversary this year um i feel like I'm seeing a lot of meme-themed SpongeBob merch. Like, you can get Handsome Squidward and the mocking SpongeBob and Imagination. Mm. You can get these really nice figurines of all those memes, like even the really surprised Patrick or Caveman SpongeBob. You can get all of those meme images as, like, these 3D figurines. I would love to just have a permanent front-facing Phineas that doesn't... When you go to the side, it doesn't look like Phineas. It just... it is sculpted to look like that rhombus shape. And so if you look at it from the side, it does not look like Phineas. Mm. It's permanently a front-facing Phineas. Or like... That's kind of genius. That is. Or Ferb with the knight's armor on about to hit someone and Phineas going, no, Ferb, not yet. Like, <laughs> think of how many great, high-quality well, Phineas and Ferb means we've got. There's so many... I mean, I don't personally... And I think it depends on who you follow. And I'm also a little older than you. I don't see as many... Phineas and Ferb memes. Well, I like, wish you, you can tell I saw them you're more. 65. Like, you yeah, can just tell I, I'm them. 65, guys. Yeah. You can tell from so, the voice. But I do think that this is a thing. I, you're absolutely right with the merch, though. I think that's something that Phineas and Ferb just never got 
enough of. It had a lot. It had a lot. I did have those Perry the Platypus flip-flops. Yeah, you got, which our friend really loves to... That's like... Oh, they were iconic. Like, that yeah. is a characteristic that is remembered about you well, and no, Danny. You and Danny, you both had Phineas and Ferb. There was a lot of Perry merch because he was very marketable. Yes. But I just feel like Phineas and Ferb... A was a big cash cow for Disney. It was their biggest hit for a long time. Yeah. And I think it was kind of good of the, uh, it's weird to say good of a corporation, but like, I think it honestly was the right choice to let the creators end it when they felt like they were done with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas SpongeBob, they kept going without the creator, Steven Hillenburg. And once he passed away, they announced they were doing the first SpongeBob spinoff, which was something he had kind what of not wanted to do. a coincidence. Now, that being said, that no our ill will. Dan Poppenmeyer worked on two of these iconic shows. I think that just speaks to the pure talent of this man. Well, yes. Ryan's in love with Laura Dickinson, but I'm in love with Dan Poppenmeyer. I mean, I'm in love with Dan Poppenmeyer as well. I, I'm in love with reading. Was that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was a thing at libraries. You, um, you, can, you can have Swampy. Oh, I'll oh, take Swampy. Danny will take oh, Swampy. I know. I, you guys know we I love would Swampy. all take Swampy. But... Jeff Swampy Marsh. I did the air quotes, but you know, nicknames are good. Oh. I'm gonna open a soda. This isn't a gunshot. Sometimes when we record a podcast and I open a soda, it sounds like someone's being shot behind you. I promise it's not a gun. Ryan, stop sweating. I just stop think sweating. We they missed a lot of potential Phineas and Ferb merch, like. I just think that there wasn't as much of a continuous yeah. push. Like once the show ended, it's not like we're still seeing. This is a great tangent like we're this. doing, but can I read you the quotes? Yeah. The selected quotes yeah. that are these quotes, by the way, in case you don't know, each episode we write down the best quotes of the episode and they go into. We didn't con- even get to the second episode yet. The, did we? I, oh, I know. This is going to be a lot of editing for Molly. But um, yeah. these quotes are now in contention for the best quote of the season bracket, which the winners of the best quote of the season then go on the to. The top four. The, yes, the top four from each season then go on to the overall bracket where we will determine the best ever quotes, songs, and moments from Phineas and Ferb. Here now are the quotes. Uh, that we have selected from the episode, I Want My Mummy, from the movie uh, that they watch in the theater. Someone declares, why beat me with a chicken? And then they do. Do, uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz, when describing the makeup of the uh, the bubble, says, pure evil and a blend of space-age polymers. Is my nose really that pointy? Oh, look at this, Perry. It's my paintbrush. (laughs) Which is a wonderful little Dr. Doofenshmirtz thing. Makes me shudder, which is Aww. Phineas describes the process of mummification and like he sees Candace and just describes how disgusting and horrible it must be to be a mummy. And he goes, makes me shudder. Imagine this is... that poor tortured soul <laughs> yeah. under, those... <laughs> under those beds. And it's just Candace. Um, one of my, I think that's one of those Phineas and Ferb quotes that like Danny says that you could just incorporate into your daily lives. And yeah. we definitely do. We do. Makes me shudder is a really popular one in this house. Incorporate. The works and the words of Phineas into yes. your life. Um, live by the words. WWPD. What would Phineas do? <laughs> At any rate, um, and then one of my favorites from this episode that I don't say enough, but is very funny, is when Doofenshmirtz's laser actually works. He goes, it's working. It is functioning properly. <laughs> Which is such a good, stupid Doofenshmirtz thing. It is. At any rate. Um, let's move on to the next episode. Wait, we don't really have... Is my nose really that pointy? I, I already that. said that. I... Wow. I'm Back a, of the line. I'm a little concerned. Like, I think I just missed a little moment of time. Molly, I don't want to be rude, but if you're having your blackouts again, you need to I see Dr. Feldman. I am so scared. You can never get that back, Molly. Those five seconds Life are Life is gone. so 
so I'm short. like honest. No, I'm like not even kidding. I'm kind of freaked out. I do have one more thing about this, real quick. Jeepers creepers. Uh, actually, two. But I, I just what had to say. What did you get? Those I believe, creepers? darling. Burlington Gold Factory. They have the best peoples in town, and on the sale. lowest price. The lowest price of peoples. <laughs> what is happening? We sell peoples by the pound here at the Burlington Gold Factory. So what were you going to say, Molly? Yeah, Molly, you want to bring? Yeah, it right, yeah. What, what was that note you had? <laughs> okay. Um, in the, I believe it's in the movie. Um, it has to be. I don't know where else it would be. I, I don't know. I there's just somebody who's reading a book that says how to stop knitting, and I think that's <laughs> just a great, great visual gag. That I this was definitely the first time I saw that watching this. Also, the side characters that I'm keeping track of that appear in this episode is Lawrence. And surprisingly, Buford, um, he is just in the song for The Undead Mummy and Me. And, oh, yeah. Uh, if a bully counts. ever tries to poke me in the aisle, introduce him to my decomposing guy, and he'll flee. And the bully we see in the song is Buford. We still don't know him as a bully yet, though. No, we do. Because of the beach where he was kicking sand. Yeah. On the face. Uh, uh, I, we might not know his name. I mean, I don't we get to the, No, we do, because oh, it's Swinter. Oh, Swinter, Swinter, yeah. Candace throws him a treat and goes, good Buford. Right. Yeah. All so, right. Next on episode, next one. Flop Stars. Perhaps... The most, fa- if not the roller coaster, this might be the most famous, most formative Phineas and Ferb episode because I don't know if you could run into a person in our age group or slightly younger. I don't know if you could run into someone and not have them know what gitchy gitchy goo means. Yeah. I was in an airport in what like. What does it mean, guys? It means that I love you. Um, <laughs> in 2016, I want to say, I was in an airport uh, for a class trip. Uh, the only class trip I ever got to go on my entire school career. And, um, and anyway, I was in a, I was in the airport for this class trip and, um, someone started singing Gitchy Gitchy Goo. Everyone in the class sung along in this long airport security line. And like, I think it's just a, a statement about how, how powerful Gitchy Gitchy Goo is. Um, no, but like really this song is, it is a, like, I, not that Phineas and Ferb is a one hit wonder, but. Aside from this theme song, yeah. I'd say this is the most iconic song. And may I say that we we know that part of the backstory for Dan Pavenmeyer was that he was in a band and he wanted to be a musician um, just as much as he wanted to be a cartoonist. But, like, let's be real about this. Like, if Dan Pavenmeyer and the rest of the songwriters, you know, Danny Jacob and, and Jeff Swampy Marsh and the writers of Phineas and Ferb, if they really wanted to, like, they actually probably could have been, like, top 40 yeah. songwriters because these songs, A, have probably been listened to more than some top 40 hits, and B, like, they're just as memorable, if not more so. Like, Gitchy Gitchy Goo is A, a gosh darn jam, mm-hmm. and B, like, if you were somehow to to tabulate the number of times this song has been heard on Spotify, on Pandora, on CDs given to children for Christmas. Like, probably pretty good numbers. Probably pretty I, good. I, I believe I did have the CD. Oh, yeah, you yeah, did. We have the Phineas and Ferb physical CD. We the listened to it. Um, the yeah. first one, yeah. We listened to it on our road trip to Missouri. Oh, that was gosh. like the only CD we listened that to. We had others, but we were like, let's go for I it. I had an audiobook of Sherlock Holmes that I listened to on that trip, just like some of the short stories. Oh, my God. And uh, not as good as Phineas and Ferb. No. Um, is anything, though? Um, I have a question. About the song I want to discuss. Gitchy Gitchy Goo means share the wealth and seize the means of production. <laughs> um, so I always took Gitchy Gitchy Goo to just be like a fun 
you know, meaningless lyrics, as yes. they say, right? And I always thought that it was talking about a person, like, and their significant other. Yeah. My baby's got a wrong way of talking. Yeah. And then my boyfriend was saying how he thought it was about a baby. Hello, Ronaldo. Thank you for listening. It's... <laughs> My baby's got her own way of talking, and it says baby. Yeah. And then the fact that gitchy gitchy goo is something that you yeah, say it's baby to talk. babies. And um, I was just wondering which you think it is. Well, I think that it has to be. I, a, I think that's very clever that your boyfriend Ronaldo put that together. <laughs> Hi, Ronaldo. I think it's really clever that he put that together, and that might be the authorial intent. We would have to ask the great Dan Pavenmeyer or Jeff, quote unquote, Swappy Marsh. Or, you know, whoever mm -hmm. was involved in this episode, we'd have to ask them. But TBH, mm -hmm. to be honest, um, I don't know if that's the intent because Bow Chicka Bow Wow is like... Bow know, Chicka Wow Wow. Exactly. Yeah. It's that little thing you're singing, which would imply more of a romantic connection also, like, than a parental one. I, I just, I've never gotten any other baby vibes other than Gitchy Gitchy You do kind of baby, baby. Like when you have a romantic partner, you do kind of baby talk. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you That's how I talk to a dog, not a person, but you know. Right. That's well, about yeah. as much respect as I have but for that, Ronaldo. Mm. I'm coming for you, Ronaldo. I just think it's like, I never had thought about it that way until he mentioned it. I think that the intention is it's a love song. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they say it's meaningless lyrics. Yeah. So it's probably actually about nothing. Well, it is probably um, meaningless. But, uh, but it, I just thought that, like, maybe. I don't know. Like, I just thought it was kind of cute to think about that way when I was looking yeah. at all the lyrics. And well, Mao Wow Wow is also just... I think, honestly, that they mm -hmm. were putting together nonsense phrases intentionally. Like, Gitchy Gitchy Goo is a thing you say to a baby. Mm -hmm. um, and Bow Chicka Wow Wow is just noises you do with your mouth. But then they also, as the song keeps going, they do Mao Wow Wow and my heart starts pumping. Mao Wow Wow is like a doo-wop like, thing you'd throw in because they sing that in Greece at one mm -hmm. point. You know, um, Mao Wow Wow. I think... Maybe in Summer Nights. At some point, someone does Mao Wow Wow as a doo-wop lyric. Oh, I don't know. So they might actually just be going for, like, onomatopoetic things you'd That's sing That's what I think it is. I think it's just, you know, like, yeah. it's catchy. And it is, and it works, but regardless I, of what the meaning is. I really works. do want to compliment Ronaldo, because I've never thought about that, and it's very clever. So I don't know if he came up with that or if he just brought it to light. I can't take you calling you. him that seriously. That's not his name. <laughs> his name is Huevos Rancheros. Um... All right, so thought Ryan, what are your two notes on this episode? So I have I'm Lindana, Gitchy Gitchy Goo, and then I just have a quote that says it's from Candace saying I'm gonna tell mom, and then she just and I believe it's Phineas, and he just turns to her and he goes, "Tell her what?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like I think it shows like the that innocence of Phineas and Ferb. They're yeah. like, okay, so what are you gonna tell her? We became pop stars, like really, um, as if that was. A bad thing, following in her footsteps. Right, so... Uh, Why would she not be proud, Candace? We have to talk about Lindana. We've talked about it so many times, and we always we, refer to her as Lindana. She's always on my mind. I'm not going to pretend like she's not. No, we, we, we're we big Lindana fans in this house. When yeah. we first found this out, I don't know if you remember, this was years ago, obviously... I, I thought this was one of the funniest things that had ever happened. The fact that their mom like had this secret And they never... I mean, granted, life. this is only like... And she doesn't before. even reveal it to them. She's just she, having yeah. this flashback of her life, which is, you know, it's great. Yeah. But I do like how in um, the episode before, in, what's it called? My, oh, Are You My Mummy? Mm -hmm. um, in Are You My Mummy, we see Candace try on her um, her Lindana outfit at the beginning of the episode. No, she's, I think that's at the beginning of this one. Is that the beginning of this one? 
I thought so because why would Candace yeah. need an outfit? I don't, I don't remember. I was, I was just, yeah, I was just watching it before I was scrubbing through, so I don't really remember where it was. Um, but she's she tries on the Lindana outfit as well as like we're not. I don't know. I mean, we don't really know that reference yet because that's before they even talk to their mom and she has the flashback. Is it? No, I think it's after because I think. They're at the breakfast table, and then Candace finds out that the teen pop idol show is coming to the uh, mall, and that's why yeah. she's trying on outfits. Well, isn't that how it opens, though? Because we we open the episode with the commercial, yes. because we find out about And then about Candace finds thing. out she tries to take the TV with her, oh, and the cord thing. yanks her back towards the counter, and she trips. So then she goes to try on outfits with Stacy because they're going to the mall to try out mm-hmm. for this, which is why she's doing like the the boxing yeah. with her purse because she's nervous oh, to go and up then on she stage. Turns into that horrible yes. looking monster. And thing. she says a very good line to Jeremy, <laughs> like she's trying to cover up that she's getting so sweaty in front of Jeremy. And she says, "And that is what a gorilla looks like when you try to take away its food," which is a great, great way of just way covering to... up that she's ravenous. Very that that image is one of my. I love I, when I, Candace was, looks crazy. Yeah. That um, should be a meme. The Ravenous that Candace. That should be. Oh, real quick. Can I do a band? Can I start a band called Ravenous Candace? Because yeah. I feel like. Actually, it sounds like a That's Latin a name for a flower. It does. Yeah. Ravenous Candicius. Um, uh, for the song, I'm Lindana and I want to have fun. I love that in the beginning, you know, I'm not Roxanne, I'm not Eileen, I'm not Sharona. These are all references. names of yes. people in 80s songs. I have a question for you because I don't know. Maybe yes. you'll know. The oh, next shit. verse that is, I'm not Veronica, Allison, or Donna. Are, I don't remember those being songs. anything or did we just give up? There fully could be like a bunch of 50s songs named like Donna and Allison. But I'd imagine that's more just names of people that the songwriters knew. I, I was just wondering if you knew because I didn't. And so if anyone knows why they chose there are a lot I'm not Veronica or Allison or Donna, I'd like to know. Because the first three are very clearly references to popular songs. This episode. Okay, well, first of all, I got to say, I, I love the image of punching that child on the Flop Stars commercial with the glove. <laughs> I What a hysterical thing. And what a, an adult type of violence, I'd say. Um, I have something written that says, belt buckle says toy, in parentheses. I think that says mom. I don't know. There's when a, Candace is trying on outfits. There's a belt buckle that says toy. I thought that was cool. Um, Phineas is just dripping milk on the table. <laughs> I noticed that. Um, I thought it was hysterical that they were using the rhyming dictionary to write the song because we found out that they wrote squirrels in my pants by just using the rhyming oh. dictionary. Um, so I thought that was cute. Weird Al writes all his songs usually with a rhyming dictionary. Just um, because that's, you know, the primary concern. My maybe. friends and I tried to write our Instagram captions with a rhyming dictionary and it was a laugh. Um, that's embarrassing to share. Fine. Um, <laughs> um, how is it embarrassing to share? She's an icon. Perry's disguise. Can we share. please talk about that? You got for share. How does she not you have an got ego? What is share. she missing? The Tony? Share needs an egot. The, the recent one. It's me, the share show, starring share the me. Starring me, share. Starring share. God, I love share. Um, we see another appearance of power cereal. Yes. <laughs> Another classic from the first episode, the fake brand of cereal, Pow. I really love fake food brands and stuff, especially in video games oh. where they don't try as hard. So this one was Pow. Remember when There's we, a we saw yeah. Palm? We did see Palm. Yeah. So this one's Pow. It's a little more on model now, but there's... um, There's... A James Bond video game where there's a vending machine full of snacks. I think it's 007 Legends, but I could be wrong. There's a vending machine full of snacks, and one of them is a candy bar that just says, Yeah! And I love that. 
Yeah. I love. So one of my favorite gags in this episode is because I love whenever one of my favorite parts of the show is whenever we get to see personality out of Perry. I love it. So he's riding this bike motorcycle thing next to Lindana while she's driving. And she looks over quick and sees Perry and the panic that is on his face. And then he just pulls out the little um, fake glasses with the the fake nose. and, And she's just like reassured by like, oh, I guess that wasn't him. And that is just oh, It's just one of my favorite little visual cues there. Even that, I feel like that's not even, like, a thing for kids. Like, the old kind of... The Groucho glasses. The Groucho glasses. Like, that's not for children. They don't get, like... I think I mean, that they, we've they seen that so many times now. I think that's interesting how often that's used when, like, even yeah. we saw that in cartoons, and I didn't know for years that that was Groucho Marx, like, that that's a reference. Well, to why it. would you even know who Groucho Marx is at your Exactly. Right. Which, like, that's another great thing another great show that's for adults but also for kids is gravity falls and very early on in that show they have a wax museum and uh there's a groucho figure that comes to life and they cut him in half because he's made of wax they cut Mm. him in half with a candle so he's melting and he makes some joke about like look at me i'm falling to pieces and as he starts sliding towards the ground he has like his fingers up to his mouth as if he's wiggling his cigar which groucho marx would do and he goes why is there nothing in my hand (laughs) and then he falls over because of course uh, no smoking on uh, the disney channel of course the heinous act the heinous act of smoking unless they're re-airing 101 dalmatians in which case uh, they'll show you smoking Remember when uh, Selena Gomez sang that? And she did a fantastic job? Yes. Yes, absolutely. How Iconic. I, I try not to think about it every day, but I can't help myself. Um, I'm right there with you. Selena. So, another word that we use in this one that's definitely adult is serendipitous. Mm. I only, in my recent, like, last two years of my life, learned what serendipitous meant. Which is crazy that's because you, sad. you and I watched the movie Serendipity. Yeah, that and was you, within the last two years. We've both eaten at a restaurant yeah. called Serendipity. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant ago. at the time. And um, I did know when we, I only know because of the movie, actually. And then later, I, I heard that in a song more recently. Oh, it's a Father John Misty song. That's that's it, I think. Don't quote me on that. What's the Diefenschmerz plot in, plot in this one? We didn't even give a summary of this. Phineas and Ferb are trying to be one-hit wonders in this one. the robot that's becoming a building? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He bought, like, a condemned building. He has a giant robot. Marty the Rabbit Boy and his musical blender. The greatest joke in history. That is what I have to say, man. I would like to say that Marty... One of the greatest jokes. No, I'm not done. (laughs) Marty the Rabbit Boy and his musical blender for president 2020. I think. Is that what prompts? I see right now that Candace, as I'm watching this, her mom takes her to get glasses. Is that what prompts her to go get glasses? No, it's the fact that she says, look, Phineas oh, and no, Ferber yeah. on the... Yeah, yeah. Marty the Rabbit Boy and his musical blender. All right. Point is... Really point good. is Marty the Rabbit Boy and his musical blender. Duke's plot is to turn a building into a giant robot. And wreak havoc across the tri-state area uh he hires a temp who turns out to be perry the platypus again groucho glasses i believe he has a wig the point is no no wig no wig just hat just hat just hat just hat well perry the platypus is oh, comp- he, does, he does do the little eyebrow thing as he's walking yes over. the little groucho eyebrows yeah. yeah so um but yeah perry uh as always is completely nude except for his hat and in this episode glasses and a fake nose with a mustache attached and perry the platypus We'll never be the wiser. Perry <laughs> the platypus. The point is... Um, um, I have a question if you know what this means. What do you want? I have something written that says, I shall relax with a nice tasty deli platter. 
Is that a quote? Yes, because Doof has the deli platter, and uh, he offers some to the tied-up Perry the platypus, and he grinds the pepper, oh. and Perry escapes by blowing the pepper in Doof's face, mm. and then Doof, you know, he, he, he goes berserk, and it will take Very more than smart. condiments to foil my brilliant plan. I have to comment on Phineas's voice that he uses when he is being serious, and he's like, Phineas and Ferb are strictly a one-hit wonder. Because I, it's dig, just, I dig that, yeah. <laughs> it's this random voice, and I love it. It's so different than any other voice we ever hear. Another brilliant performance by Vincent Martella. Absolutely. Um, also, I think it's hysterical that they're using a VHS tape in this year, that they that's what they recorded well, all wait, this Well, wait, I have something very important to say. Okay. This might be... And someone in the world is going to have to check on this. This might be the first time on a TV show mm-hmm. someone said the word podcast. Have that written too. In 2007, this episode was uh, premiered. It was probably produced in 2006. They say that with the VHS tape of Phineas and Ferb, they can produce specials, they can produce movies, they can even produce podcasts. That might be the first TV show to ever really talk about a podcast, which is remarkable. I mean, the first podcast, I believe, is 2004, is the first one released. But they didn't really pick up popularity until around 2006. You get shows like Super Ego. Obviously, the Ricky Gervais show was was very popular, but he's canceled. So, you know... uh, it's so interesting to hear them talk about a podcast in a scene where someone is holding a VHS tape, just yeah. a real overlapping kinds like of technology. Weird, yeah. And then you have the records of the background yes. on the wall, which Lindana's I mean, record is on the wall. I actually, think that there. nice little detail, but I think they still give people like gold and platinum they, records. They right? do. It's just funny to see all three of those in the same place. Yes. A, a vinyl record, a podcast and a VHS tape walk into a bar. You think the third one would have ducked. God, what were you going to say, Ryan? Were you going to say anything? Well, that was, I just wanted Danny to stop making bad jokes. Um, never going to happen, never going to happen. I have that Jeremy's eyes in this one are super blue. <laughs> like, that they randomly like are Daniel just like... Like Daniel Craig? Yes, very, very like blue. Like my boyfriend, Like Ronaldo. my boyfriend, Ronaldo. Like Ronaldo. Um, I have something in here that says, still fun in parentheses. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I... If you know what's still fun, please write to us. Um... I lost my thing. Oh, the fact that there's a mattress that I guess that's Doofenshmirtz. It's a mattress on. truck. I'm sorry. What are the odds of that that he lands on this mattress? Molly, the mattress he truck? says, "What an unbelievable stroke of luck." I know, but then the the the, the mattress folds, and I just think that's hysterical that it says because the crazy a- folding mattress company. Because Molly, that was what the, no, that's what Casper used to be. You know Casper, the mattress that arrives to your house in a box the size of a mini fridge for just $400. You could get a, 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 an extra large twin mattress sent to your house in a box the size of the mini fridge. It is made from a patented technology. Three layers of foam and coolant. Please, Casper and or Lisa mattresses, give us some money. Oh my god. Wow. Alright. Um, I grind things to a dead halt more often than anyone else in the podcasting game, and that's why you should consider me for the next pop teen idol. <laughs> Jeff Bennett does the voice of the executive um, who has the VHS tape that he wants to create podcasts out of somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does a great job playing that character. Jeff Bennett, of course, is a brilliant actor. But something about Jeff Bennett, a lot of people don't get to hear, is that he's a great Perry, singer. Perry has, break the wall, has broken the fourth wall two times in this episode. Ryan is now silently watching the episode as we're doing the podcast, which is very rude of him. Um, I, 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 well, I was, I, I don't have that many notes. 
he's he's just sort of making note of the fact that Perry does frequently look to the camera. He does a real Jim from the office, but he really better. Does. What much better than Jim from the office? Candace saying I should have taken blender lessons is <laughs> maybe one of my favorite quotes. Which could also be another great meme among the animation community because one of the most popular 3D animation softwares is named Blender. Yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll send that Start to the boys. Out. I'll send that to the boys over on the Blender subreddit. Uh, all, oh, yeah. all, the, all the animation memes. You know. All the animation memes. <laughs> you say, sorry, say it ain't so, I will right. not go. Turn the lights down. Wrapping it up. Carry me. Read the quotes. Read the quotes. Read the quotes. Oh, no, wait, but I wasn't done talking about Jeff Bennett. Oh, okay. Jeffrey Glenn Bennett. Jeffrey. He's a great voice actor. Everyone knows him, of course, as the voice of Johnny Bravo. Um, He's the voice of the Joker on Batman Brave and the Bold. He's a million characters. He's Lumiere for Disney now that Jerry Orbach has uh, unfortunately passed away. But something people don't know about Jeff Bennett is that he's a really great singer. And I don't think... Despite his many appearances on Phineas and Ferb, I don't believe he ever gets to sing on the show, even though it's so musical. Um, but he has a wonderful singing voice, and uh, if you're looking for a, a solo shining example of that, uh, oddly enough, don't look towards Johnny Bravo, but his appearance as the Joker on Batman Brave and the Bold. He sings a song uh, in an episode called Emperor Joker, which is an original song written for an episode of Batman, and he just really kills it as a vocalist. And you're like, man, this guy doesn't sing because he doesn't sing in a lot of cartoons because mm-hmm. he usually plays like funny little sidekick guys. But he has a great he has a great voice. Um, this isn't important for anyone to know. You can cut it if you want. Yeah. The point is, uh, the quotes it, the quotes for flop stars. I said, wait, wait, one point about the song. Again, just like with Swinter, the Fireside Girls background singing is adult female voices again. And I just wanted to point that out, that we have that consistency. So and maybe they just really sound like adult women when they sing. Once again, Ferb has the deep Danny Jacobs voice. The baby, 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 baby. Get you, get you, goomers. I love you. Yeah. It is a gem. Um... I, do you think that's ever been someone's wedding song? Because I'd like it to I'm be I'm not even mine. kidding. It's on my list of potential ones. Like, I'm not Good. even joking. It's on the playlist, at least, even if it's not my first dance. Oh, yeah, like, no, it's going to play at my wedding. It's playing. Like, that will be a nice crowd pleaser. Ryan is having a good laugh at the thought of me ever marrying anyone. Um, He's just so unlovable. I know, I know. Jeez. I am deformed, and I am ugly, and these are crimes for Say a lot of the people in the back. <laughs> 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 The At quotes. any rate, the quotes, for <laughs> <laughs> the quotes for flop stars are, and that is what a gorilla looks like when you try to take away its food. Uh, when uh, Morty Williams, the record executive, comes up. Morty Williams, that's the guy who's just, I'm sorry, that's way Why later. Is Morty Williams running away with our children? That's the guy who is the TV host. Yeah. When the guy shows up and says he's from the records, uh, he, he's from the record company. Huge he record. says, um, He says, I'd like to talk to you about the future. And Phineas says, future? Cool. He must be a psychic. Of course, the listen, I'm telling you right now, I'm pulling for this as the greatest Phineas and Ferb quote of all time. It's Marty the Rabbit Boy in his musical blender, which I love. <laughs> That's definitely up there. Um, Perry the Platypus, you're a temp? Are times that hard? Which is I love such that a real Because it's like such real compassion in Doof's voice. Um, when it comes to havoc, nobody reeks like me. <laughs> um, it will take more than condiments to foil my brilliant plan. And, of course, when he lands on the mattress, what an unbelievable stroke of luck. And, finally, I should have taken Blender lessons. What a great episode. 
What a Flop Stars has got to be up there for it the best. It might be the best of the first season. If only for Gitchy Gitchy Goo, which I think is a major part of the show's legacy among people our yeah. age. I, th- I think it's a little bit early to be called like a best. It may be it's hard. episode four. I kind of feel that every time we watch one, that's yeah. what's so hard. That's why we're making the bracket. That's why we're keeping track of the quotes. It's like, it is so hard to pick because they're so good. Every they time you watch really it, fantastic. you're like, oh, this one's hysterical. Um, For side characters in this one, we have Isabella... Stacy and Jeremy, and that's all we got. I mean, all the ones that are keeping track of. There's, there's plenty. But I don't want to discount anyone. But you don't want to discount one. Gretchen, the Fireside Girl. No, because I would love to keep track of the individual Fireside Girls, but that is a little bit hard because sometimes they're there, sometimes they like. I can't totally tell who's who all the time. I'm not gonna lie to you, like it, it's tough. So um, I'm just keeping track of like the main side characters. Sorry, Gretchen. Um, I would like to confirm something, by the way. Um, in a previous episode, Danny speculated he was pretty sure, but wasn't totally sure if Jenny was Django's uh, sister, and yeah. she is. Hooray! Um, they are they are brother and sister. Just which I believe is there. the name of Jeff Swampy Marsh's children. I believe they're named Django and Jenny, or maybe they voiced Django and Jenny. I can't remember anymore, but I I think it has something to do with his uh, real life children. Oh, cool. Don't Could be that. wrong about that. Don't hold me to it. Um, Molly will correct me in the next episode. <laughs> Um, anyone got any other thoughts? No, I all thought it out. This is a really, as you always are, um, this is a really great set of episodes. I'm yeah. a huge fan of these two, and I think this is the strongest sort of two paired together that we've had so far, because, you know, Swinter was great. Let's, let's be yeah, clear well, about Swinter that. Yeah, Swinter was great. Swinter, but uh. w- which one is Swinter paired with? Uh, the Magnificent something. The Magnificent Few, which I feel like is not a, that one I'm not so crazy about. <laughs> Um, Molly thought it was shut up. You thought hateful eight. That's right. Molly didn't know the Magnificent Seven. In case case you forgot about it since the last episode. Yeah, I'm really thinking Molly. (laughs) These shows. You don't know. Anyway, these shows uh, really do keep getting better as they go on, which you can just tell from the number of quotes. So, real quick recap: Roller Coaster. We've got three quotes. Candace loses her head. We've got two quotes. Um, Fast and the Phineas. No quotes. Backyard Beach. Sorry, <laughs> Fast and the Phineas. Why do you keep coming for that one? <laughs> I don't like Fast. Nothing and happens. Yes, go go Phineas as a Bob. We established it's still a good episode. It's just it's like just nothing. Okay, not I can't go on com- about this yeah, again. The, whole, the, the backyard beach episode, the full title of which is like the backyard London beach party of terror. That's the one uh, that has something like one, two, three. It's got six quotes. Magnificent few only has two. But Swinter has like five or six, and then from then on, it's all five or sixers so far. Um, yeah, so I just I feel like Magnificent Few is a very weak one to pair with Swinter, which is a very strong one. But this one is two really great two bops, two back bops, to back. two yeah. hits. Definitely songs. Two these are two of the strongest. Two bops, but like it's only going to get better. Bops, They're all so bops. good. What two bops? Two tops. Two. I, I hope Candace isn't wearing her tube top again. She's feeding the geese. See, I feel like we've just set ourselves up with a, an impossible task because now I'm thinking about all the songs that are to come and I'm like, I I can't say yeah. one is better than the other. This is going to be hard. All right. Um, got anything else, anyone? Not really. Thank yeah. you for listening. Um, please, please, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Do you want to be Candace like Party Pod? Yes. At Candace Do you want to be like the great Laura Dickinson who's verified on Twitter and is following us? 
because I know I do. So the first step to being her is following us on Twitter. Um, and maybe taking blender lessons because I feel like she's got that down pat too. She definitely That's does. That's your mission for the week, folks. Take blender lessons and yeah, make apparently she's also memes. an expert tap dancer, according to her IMDb. Here's page. the I thing. Remembered that. Hashtag egot for Laura. Hashtag egot, EGOT for, for Laura. Laura. And if we get one for Dern or Dickinson, we've succeeded. There you go. Let us know what you think about this episode and what your uh, thoughts on. You know, well, our podcast, but also what your thoughts on um, Are You My Mummy? And, and if you know are. how to get me a mic that works for myself, please oh. let me know. All right, ladies and Email gentlemen. Email me personally. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag EGOT for Laura. And like the great Paul Revere said, one if by Dern, two if by Dickinson. Good together. night, everybody. <laughs> Don't call it that. It's just a get together. We're talking I to the N to the T I M A T E. Get together. What? I to the N to the T I M A T E. Get together. Right. It's not a party.